Here are several reasons why you should choose Tally and Twine Watch Company. Number one, we offer a two-year product warranty, so don't worry about fading or malfunctions. Number two, there's no risk to you. We offer both free shipping and free returns. Number three, the number seven represents completion and reminds you to finish what you start. Number four, why buy a lookalike watch when you can wear a true conversation piece? Number five, your satisfaction is guaranteed and we have hundreds of reviews to prove it. Number six, you can choose from our metal, leather, or canvas timepieces and we have styles for every occasion. Number seven, we offer the best features at the best value, hands down. Tally and Twine Watch Company, it's time to make your mark. I just tell them I'm a Christian, occupation, a description. I just tell them I'm a Christian, nationality, ethnicity. I tell them I'm a Christian, keep the hyphens in division. I just tell them I'm a Christian. This is the Savage Truth Podcast with Pastor Roy Dockery, and we thank you for joining us for yet another episode. This is uh, the continuation of our, our 2020 <laughs> madness and just the uh, the culture that's being created in the midst of our isolation and oppression and fear. So today I want to talk about something that's been on my heart, that's been on my, that's been on my mind, um, and honestly, that's been getting on my nerves. So when we look at, at cancer culture, cancel, sorry, cancel culture, and counter statements, I feel like we're becoming a cancerous society. And I know that seems to be a very uh, a very kind of dramatic statement very early on in the podcast. I normally try to build up to something so that I don't lose people before I get them engaged. But it is, it's really becoming apparent that as people, right, and this is almost a global phenomenon, I don't think it's specific to the United States, it seems to be a, a, a side effect or a symptom of our, of our social media age, but as a society, we almost largely now are represented and are, are publicly acknowledged, right, our, our public identity is almost shaped by what we stand against, so I very rarely know or can tell what people stand for, and then it's almost always assumed what I stand for based on what I stand against. So to use a very easy uh, easy topic is if I stand against Donald Trump, then people assume uh, people will assume I'm like for abortion or for Joe Biden or for uh, liberalism, or for communism, or for socialism, whether it's democratic socialism or nationalist uh, socialism. But just because I make a statement against something doesn't necessarily mean that automatically in your mind, the position that is counter to what you agree with is where I stand. But what we've become so accustomed to because of the way that information is created, the way that memes are generated, we live in a snarky, pessimistic, sarcastic society. So we almost live in a perpetual state of, of, of commenting and observation based on what we disagree with and, and the things that we find to be objectionable, right? It's the things that we have an emotional, vitriol reaction to. So even if you look at 
the, the murder of Ahmaud Arbery or the murder of George Floyd, everyone, almost everyone universally, right, except for, you know, the, there's always a sliver of crazy people somewhere, but most people almost universally said, like, that was wrong. I stand against that kind of violence, right? I stand against a cop having his knee in a man's, a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds with his hands in his pockets while smiling, right? Like, that is bad. I'm against that. And I think that's why you almost had, like, a universal backlash against that action, right? So it's fine. You stand against the police being on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and then largely being able to watch him die on video as people recorded it from their cameras demanding, requesting, and pleading for the cops to check on this man's safety um, and to ensure that he's still alive, right? So th there, was, there was almost absolute universal condemnation of that activity. People stood against Derek Chauvin and the police officers that just watched. But when it comes to the system of police brutality, when it comes to the system of community policing, when it comes to the police department, when it comes to law enforcement, what do you stand for? Because there are people who were mad at Derek Chauvin that a week later was like, oh, you got to back the blue because people started throwing water bottles or in very rare cases, you know, Molotov cocktails at police departments. So you were against an officer or are you against police brutality? Right, because we get to generically state what we're against. We're against Republican policies. We're against Democratic policies. Democratic policies. We're against individual politicians. We're against individual organizations. Another example that I talked about in my previous episode, like I may be against the Black Lives Matter organization. And when I don't even want to use the term against, I would rather say that I don't support them, right? But if somebody asks me the question, like, are you for them? Like, no, I'm not for them because I don't agree with their approach to dealing with issues in the black community. But what I do stand for are very specific things that I feel like need to be addressed within our communities, right? I think racism needs to be made illegal. I think white supremacists, um, white supremacy should be treated as terrorism and actually managed at a federal level, not at a local level. So there's a lot of things that I stand for four that I try to express within my podcast so that you understand my perspective so I don't just talk about what I stand against, right? There are a lot of podcasts out there that are extremely popular, right? When you, especially on the right, you know, the, the Alex Jones and the whatever else where everybody just talks about the conspiracies of everybody that's against them and that's against tradition, that's against Christianity, that's against biblical values, that's against conservativeness, that's against fiscal responsibility. But what do you actually stand for? Right? We cancel things that we don't agree with, but we don't actually communicate and promote the things that we stand that we stand with, that we do agree with. Right? Because so we can stand with somebody today and then cancel them tomorrow. So were you for them or not? Or did you actually not know enough about them to round out an opinion, right? You're just you're just an echo of a wave of social opinion and you don't actually have any individuality. Because what do you stand for? Right. We have all the we, we, we've just become a culture of cancellation and counterstatements. You know, Trayvon Martin gets killed. George Zimmerman gets acquitted. So people start saying that black lives matter because at the same time you have Jordan Davis that gets murdered. You got Mike Brown that gets shot. You got Tamir Rice that gets killed. You got John Crawford that gets killed. You got Freddie Gray and Sandra Bland. And then there's the, the, the abundance of names that never made it onto T-shirts. Right. But it's like these people were dying. So, you know, 
people felt it, felt it appropriate to make the statement that, look, there seems like there's no repercussion, right, when civilians or law enforcement kill black people out of fear, suspicion, right, or even 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 the possible guilt of someone committing in what was almost most almost all cases a nonviolent crime. Right? Eric Garner, even if even if selling individual cigarettes is a violation of some kind of commercial law, it is not punishable by death. Right? Mike Brown stealing cigarellos if he did it from the corner store is not punishable by death, right? Even if John Crawford was handling um, an unpackaged uh, airsoft gun in the Walmart that is not punishable by death. If Jordan Davis was playing loud music and violating a city ordinance that is not punishable by death. Even if Trayvon Martin was trespassing and was in a neighborhood he wasn't supposed to be in in violation of an HOA or some, or some, some community's privacy policy that is not punishable by death. So people started to to associate the reality that it seems like black men especially can be killed and there's no legal repercussion or that there's an excessive use of force in response to the fear and the in the in the perpetual stereotype of black criminality and black danger that allows black lives to keep being taken and it doesn't seem like it matters. So this is why people started saying black lives matter. It was a question. And maybe we should have clarified with punctuation to, 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 to minimize some of the counter statements. But if we put Black Lives Matter with the question mark, maybe that would have drove people to ask the question or people to respond to the question to say, of course, all lives should matter. Right. But no, the counter statement to Black Lives Matter was blue lives matter and all lives matter. So understand the difficulty of a counter statement. You're only making this statement in response to someone else making a statement. All Lives Matter was not a movement before Black Lives Matter. If it was, I would understand the statement. If there was an organization or groups out there advocating for equity and equality amongst all human beings when engaged with law enforcement or vigilantes in black and white communities, then I would be like, you know what? Yeah, we could have just amended this discussion, right? And we could have joined the All Lives Matter movement. But you know what? There was no All Lives Matter movement because it was never concerned and no one really did anything outside of black communities about the issues of black people dying at the hands of law enforcement and self-imposed vigilantes in our communities, which has been happening since the history of America and is actually a part of the foundation of the police department, which is deputizing white men with guns to go hunt down black people. This is a reality. <laughs> this is the history of America. So for you to have the audacity to make a counter statement to a statistically proven claim, especially when black people are two and a half times more likely to be unarmed and killed by the police, right? I understand what you're saying is all lives should matter, but words matter. And the fact that you're saying it as a counter is ridiculous. 
right? Because we're in this thing of counter statements. You may not agree with the exact approach to the way that they're trying to get justice for black people. You may not agree with the approach for how they're trying to get the attention of local government and federal government and, and politicians and influencers so that change can be made. You may not like the approach of the Black Lives Matter movement. That still doesn't give you the right to make a counter statement. Because no one's making a counterstatement against breast cancer awareness. You don't see men protesting at Susan G. Komen breast cancer foundation events saying that prostate cancer matters as well or that all cancer matters. It's even ridiculous that we have to have that kind of discussion about the one sheep versus the 99 sheep, about the one house on fire versus all the houses, about one kid needing a Band-Aid and everybody not needing a Band-Aid. I don't know why people have to go through this much to, to explain something to you that seems relatively obvious, that is statistically proven to be factual. Black people are more likely to be killed by the police for no reason or, for a, or committing a nonviolent crime. So if I'm speeding down the highway, I should not have the fear that I am going to possibly die when I get pulled over by the cops because they're afraid of me. Or even because somebody else matches a description that looks like me, right? And now the cop is on edge approaching my car because there was a vehicle that was involved in a crime, right? There is a greater likelihood that the cops will kill me if I get pulled over than they will if they pulled you over if you are white. That is the reality. So for somebody to say that my life matters equally, that means that my life should carry the same value, the same equity as yours, that I should be treated with the same degree of respect, the same degree of care as you are. If Dylan Roof can get Burger King, I should be able to get pulled over without the fear of being murdered for my taillight being out or for driving too fast because I'm driving a car that might match a description or because I might match a description or because the cop is racist. All of those are possibilities. But all of them are possibilities that make it extremely dangerous for me to be black in this country when interacting with and engaging with law enforcement. So that's a reality. Yes, we have to address all points of that story. Yes, we have to address the policies and the practices. Yes, we have to address the crime in black communities that are committed by men who are six foot two with a beard and black like me. I understand that. But also, I know for a fact that I didn't commit a freaking crime. So that means I deserve the benefit of the doubt when I get pulled over that I am not a criminal. I'll give the cop the benefit of the doubt that they're not a racist, gun-toting, you know what I mean, uh, you know, ego-driven maniac. And they can give me the benefit of the doubt that I'm not a criminal who wants to shoot them in the face. Because you know what? There's a higher probability of them being racist than it is me being a criminal. Because I know 100% of the time I am not a criminal. I know in my interactions with the police, several of them have been racist. So based on my own statistical observation, I have a higher probability of dealing with a racist cop than a cop has a probability of dealing with a criminal me. So there you have it. My own personal statistical analysis. I should be on Freakonomics Radio and talk about it, right? So that is a reality. But at the end of the day, we can't just arbitrarily state counterstatements. First of all, if we don't even understand there are counterstatements. If you know that the only reason the All Lives Matter movement or statement started was in response, in reply to Black Lives Matter, and not in a, and not in a, a come together, kumbaya, we are the world reply, but as a counter statement, it was a counter statement that no, 
black lives don't matter only, which was never stated, first place, it just said black lives matter, um, but that all lives matter, right? And then on top of that, you've got a, you know, a college student, I forgot what state he was from, that capitalized on the, on how black lives matter all of a sudden became an anti-police sentiment, which I don't know how that happened. I don't know how me caring about black men and especially black children getting killed in the streets means I hate first responders and police officers. It didn't, again, it didn't say black lives matter only. It wasn't black lives matter more. It was really a question of black lives do black lives matter because the social criminal prosecutorial response to black people being killed seemed to imply and empirically show the answer is no. Right? The police told George Zimmerman to stop following Trayvon Martin. He followed Trayvon Martin and shot him. So he disobeyed police orders, murdered a teenager as a grown man, and was found not guilty. So that empirically shows that, like, Trayvon's life didn't matter to the Florida criminal justice system. That's what that shows. You might not agree, but that's what that shows. If you are Sabrina Fulton and your son was murdered by a grown man who essentially stalked him and followed him, and if your son fought for his life when he was unarmed and did not have a weapon and then was shot by the very man who was pursuing him, that would seem like murder to you. Seems like murder to me, (laughs) even based on George Zimmerman's own testimony. It sounded like murder to me. It sounded like punks jump up to get beat down. He was losing a fight, so he shot the young man because maybe his gun got knocked loose and he thought he was going to kill him. But first of all, you initiated the confrontation, right? So don't, so don't let your, don't let your hands write a check that your face can't cash would be my, would be my interpretation of that, right? Like you can't do that. You can't start a fight and then escalate it with lethal violence when you lose. Right. Just like police. Police, you want to start a violent confrontation with some drunk guy or some meathead in a car or whatever. And then all of a sudden now it escalates and you're getting in his face and he gets in your face. But now you got a gun. So now you have the right to shoot somebody after you're the one that actually, you know, that instigated the aggression and the violence in the first place. So you can't initiate the violence and then try to de-escalate it and get mad when people don't de-escalate. Like, your job is supposed to be to keep the peace, not create the violence or the turmoil. That That's backwards. So, counterstatements. All lives matter was a counterstatement. Blue lives matter was a counterstatement. Why are we making counterstatements about what we stand against? If you really believe that all life is equal and that black people, you know, when black people are murdered, it should be prosecuted in the same degree when white people are murdered, then why don't you say that? Why don't you say what you stand for instead of making a deliberate, intentional statement about what you stand against? Because even if you look at the fact that it's three words, that you basically use the same terminology and you replace black with all, or you replace black with blue. So you don't have a problem with people saying that lives matter. You just had to create counter statements against black lives matter. Because if all lives matter, then why do blue lives matter? Right? Like, that doesn't make any sense. If you had a problem with the fact that they were soloing out a group of people and trying to make their death 
seem more significant when all lives should matter, why do I see people who are all lives matter also blue lives matter? That doesn't make any sense. So, like, some people would come to the conclusion, your issue is with the word black. Because blue lives are able to matter. You got the thin blue line flag and everything. You update your profile picture. You know what I mean? And all this other stuff. But somehow, you you know, but, but yeah, but black lives matter. That was, that was too much of a statement. Because your issue is with the word black. So please go pray about that and, and find some deliverance. Um, because you're making a counter statement over the fact that you don't agree with all of the attention and all of the effort being put into specifically addressing the fact that black people are being killed. Maybe it's because you think black people should be killed. Maybe it's because you think that black people are criminals and that cops should be more afraid of us. In which case, I would say you are racist, right? Because if you think a system should should disproportionately oppress me because of what I look like, then you're racist, right? Because I'm an individual. I am not my skin color. I don't care if black people commit crimes at a rate of nine to 10. If I'm the one out of 10, it's racist if you consider me, right, to be a criminal just because of what I look like. And first of all, nine out of 10 black people don't commit crimes. You know, even if you look at criminal statistics, there's a very small population of the black community that actually commits the crimes. Yet and still, we all get treated like criminals, right? If 10% of white men were racist, um, or if 10% of white men are rapists, we don't treat all white men like they're rapists or pedophiles, right? If one out of 10 pastors is a child molester, it's not like we cheat, we treat all, all pastors as child molesters. If there's only, if there's 30, what, there's like 30 plus million black people in the country and only 2 million black people in prison, which means that less than 10% of the black population has committed a crime. So why are we treated like criminals? So there is a one out of 10 chance that the black person you run into is a criminal, yet treat us all like criminals. So that's not that's not appropriate statistical response. That's not empirical data driving you to believe that the majority of us would be criminals because the majority of us don't commit crimes. A very small percentage of us commit crimes. So that would mean you're racist. That's what that means. Because there's, there's no statistical evidence that, that would show you that there's a there should be a greater degree of concern that a black person would be committing a crime because the majority of black people don't commit crimes. So if you acted weird towards one out of 10 of us, that would make sense. But when you act weird towards all of us, it's because you're racist. Um, and that's, you know, not to <laughs> not to be too savage about it, but this is a savage truth. You tuned in. So this is what you get. But again, when we talk about counter statements, we have to be mindful of where we're coming into the conversation, right? Yes, you may believe that all lives should matter, but you're not saying that. So be clarify what you stand for and add the clarifying word to the statement. You should post all lives should matter. Don't just join into the, con- the, the counter statement, right? If you think black lives should matter, then then draw the should in. I don't think black lives should matter. I think it's an absolute because I'm black. So call me selfish. I don't think it's I don't think it's the shoulda, woulda, couldas that we get to evaluate. Like my life needs to matter because I'm here. Um, I pay taxes. You know, I'm a contributing citizen. There's no reason that the equity of my life should not be equivalent to anyone else's. Um, I probably pay more taxes than most people. So when it comes to the police, they should care more about me than some other people because I pay more taxes that contribute to their salary, right? So we're going to go into that whole argument about contribution um, when you talk about equity, because my investment in uh, the criminal justice system and the education system, just based on income, 
is 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 slightly higher than most people's. So you know, but so I at least just want the same equity, not asking for more. Even though, and my kids are homeschooled, so I pay taxes towards you know property taxes that fund homeschool. I mean, that fund schools. My kids don't even go to school, so <clears throat> you're getting extra money from me in that regard as well. But we can't just keep leaning towards counterstatements because one, we don't we don't understand or agree with a movement or a statement, so we just go to making a counter instead of actually speaking on what we stand for. We've become obsessed with what we stand against. Right. We cancel restaurants. We cancel celebrities. Um, you know, we're canceling Nick Cannon. We want to cancel Deshaun Jackson. We want to cancel Ice Cube. And then when people apologize, we still want to cancel them. So there's no opportunities for repentance. There's no opportunities for growth. There's no opportunities for clarity. There's no opportunities for learning and growing. Right. And there is not there's not even an opportunity to get a greater understanding of someone's position because we stand against sound bites. We stand against tweets. We stand against memes. We stand against photos without even understanding the depth of what's behind it, not even understanding um, the true position that these people um, that these people come from. We don't ask questions, right? We we find something that we want to stand against, right? Then we then we create counter statements just to object to whatever it is that they're stating, um, or we try to cancel them altogether. Right, which as a Christian, I don't see how you cancel every anybody when when God has enduring and everlasting grace, uh, which we're called to, you know, we're called to forgive people seventy times seven, um, and you don't forgive people once because first of all, these are people that you don't even know. So there's a these are people that you've written off that haven't personally done anything to you, <laughs> yet you feel it appropriate to cancel them. Right. Without giving them an opportunity to meet you at the, uh, you know, to, to meet you and actually to reconcile this. But the reason they can't meet you is because they don't know you. So even the fact that you're putting so much energy into canceling somebody and deliberately trying to avoid or or um, or to, to downplay or to destroy someone's reputation based on something that you disagree with is unchristlike to begin with. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, we should pray for people. We should seek reconciliation with people, um, with one another as, as, as brothers and sisters made in the image of God. But as far as us completely summarily dismissing people, we should always want to keep people close to us so we continue to show the love of Christ to them. And then hopefully they will be saved. So, uh, yeah, your cancel culture is nonsense. Um, and you might call it liberal cancel culture. It's also very conservative because excommunication is very much religious. So, um, you know, talk to Catholics and a lot of people from Orthodox religions. You don't follow the rules, you get kicked out. So look at the Amish. <laughs> the Amish are very conservative. They don't, you know, they will never listen to this podcast because they don't go on the Internet. Um, but they will, you know, go, go do, go, go want to be different. And then you, you you get chucked to deuces. You want to go live amongst the English and and go you know live in the modern world and go go live there. But you're you're not a part of this family, right? So it's not a liberal concept. Cancel culture is not a liberal concept. It's a human concept because we like to dimi- dismiss things that we disagree with, and also because we don't you know like we don't like to be challenged in our own opinions. So we just cancel people and we ignore people who are different than us. When God calls us to love those who hate us, He calls us to pray for those um, who will use us, right? He, you know, he tells us to turn the other cheek. He tells us to love our neighbor and to love one another. We kind of skip that over. I can't love people that I cancel. 
Um, doesn't mean I have to keep you close. Doesn't mean I have to continue to share your opinion if I think it's damaging or an obstacle to people. But it doesn't mean I get to cancel your existence. I don't have the ability to do that. Only God does, right? And this cancel culture is giving people this godlike mentality that, like, I can make a statement or I can find something with this person to disagree with, and I can destroy their life. I can destroy their livelihood. You sound like the accuser, which is Satan. So you should cut it out, right? That's how that's how Satan approached Job. I mean, that's how Satan approached God about Job. When, when God was like, yeah, Job's a good guy. He was like, yeah, but is he really? Right? Just trying to nitpick and find something. Like, he's only your servant because he has everything and he's never had a rough day in his life. That's why he praises you. I bet you I can get him to, I, I bet you I can get him to curse your name. And that's what it is. It's like, oh, you, these celebrities think they've got it so good. They think they're so important, so special. I guarantee you I can leverage an accusation against them based on a tweet from 18 years ago that shows they're homophobic or racist, and that'll destroy their entire life. You sound like Satan. Sorry, but you do. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, and I know people might counter like, oh, well, you talk about racism all the time. I talk about racism because it's a system, right? If individual people are racist, that's fine, but I, I don't really care. You can't, you can't directly impact me unless you violently trying to confront me, and then you're rolling the dice. <laughs> um, if, if you, if you want to come at me that way, I suggest you come correct. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm talking about systems, and that's why I tell people, even when I talk about white, I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about a system. A lot of times when people talk about black, they're not talking about systems, they're talking about people. Because what black, what system does black pe- do black people own or run or control? Especially in America. Uh, none. So, at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. So, this, this, this concept of cancer culture, this identity of, of counterstatements, like, I want to challenge all of you to be honest with yourselves. Do you know as much about what you claim to stand for as what you claim to stand against? Do you put as much energy into supporting people that you agree with as you do in tearing down and actually promoting the people that you disagree with? I know people who can't stand Candace Owen, but you talk about her all the time. Um, so please tell me what black woman who has a public platform that you agree with, because I've never seen you discuss one. Right. I see people talking against politicians. But what politician do you stand for or do you stand with? And even if you're sitting there and you're sharing Donald Trump memes because you're a supporter of him, why? Right. What do you support? What policy does he have that you support? What plan does he have that you support? And even if it's not him, what's happening within his cabinet? What's happening within different departments of the government? Right. You can applaud things that are done within the administration. But like, talk about what you stand for. Just stop talking about what you're against, because all it makes you seem is small and petty. Right. It just makes you seem small and petty when you're constantly standing against people. Right. If you want to stand against something, stand against the system, but also be something that, you know, have a have a replacement, have a plan, have a methodology. Right. If you want to defund the police. Wonderful. What do you want to replace it with? How do you want to restructure the police department? And I see a lot of people who have that information. If you're against defunding the police, fine. Then how do you suggest that we um, we hold police accountable, right? What kind of oversight do you think they need? Um, do you know? Do you agree with the with the level of intervention and control that the police union has? Do you even know anything about law enforcement? Because if you do, if you don't, then why are you even talking? Like, why are you offering opinion on something that you know nothing about? You will never see me offer conjecture or input on sports because I don't watch them. I'm not going to pretend to just because it makes me seem more masculine, right? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to front. I don't care. 
So stop fronting and acting like you're you're woke on social justice issues, like you're you're woke on on topics of racism and systemic injustices and and you know an American oppression. You don't even know American history. Right. So, like, let's stop fronting. Let's stop fronting because a counterstatement makes me seem aware. Right. The fact that I say all lives matter makes it seem like I'm aware of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I don't agree with what it does when you've never even been to their website. You can't even tell me why you disagree with the Black Lives Matter movement yet. You want to. But you joined in the chorus of the counterstatement that was in, in that was specifically created to negate the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. People who counter protest Black Lives Matter originally showed up with signs that said all lives matter. It was a counter protest. It wasn't a clarifying statement like you try to pretend it is. And if you think that's what it is, then that means you didn't even research the origin of the counter statement that you're using. So you're not woke. You're just sharing social media posts. <laughs> you're not actually adding any depth to your own understanding. You're participating in counter statements and cancel culture, which means we don't give our people an opportunity to grow, which means we don't even hold ourselves accountable to learning, which means we don't even know as much as we're claiming other people get wrong. People get positions wrong. People say the wrong things. You're saying nothing. All you're doing is pointing out what somebody else says wrong. Like you've become a critique. You've become a critic of human behavior. <laughs> and, in, in, and in an absolute measure, at least when people critique a movie, you're talking about that particular movie. You're not talking about the, the actor themselves. When you say a movie sucks, that doesn't mean everyone in it can't act. Right? Like you had good actors that have been in bad movies, but it was like you act like good people can't make bad statements. You act like bad people can't make good statements because we want to judge everything based on sound bites so that we have something to make a meme about um, and to tweet about and to joke about as if lives, you know what I mean, don't, don't have value, right? That people's reputations and their legacies don't have value. We're so easy to tear down what people have spent lifetimes building. And no, I'm, and I'm completely against, I abhor vanity of any kind. So I hate the fact that people live lives seeking the attention of other individuals as well. But I do have a problem with people having economic impacts on individuals because you have a disagreement or opinion of a disagreement of opinion. It's different if people have been hiding stuff and they've been lying and all this other stuff. But come on, like just choose, choose not to shop there, right? Choose not to support. But I would actually care more about what do you stand for? Okay, you don't want me to spend my money at this company and that company. Where would you recommend? You don't want me to support this organization or that organization. What would you recommend? Right? Why don't you become an advocate and a promoter for the things that you stand for instead of always becoming an ad advocate for people you stand against? Because all that does, it doesn't educate people. It either you're, you're singing with the chorus of other people who agree with you or you're going to be arguing with people who disagree with you. But what are you helping? What, what cause and agenda are you moving forward? You're not. You're just arguing for the sake of arguing. And maybe it's because you have no time, right? I mean, you've got time to sit here and listen to this podcast right now, and I'm hoping you're listening to this podcast instead of being on the Internet having asinine arguments with people that you don't even know. Because um, I would encourage you to go do something in your community and have an impact in your sphere of influence, right? So when I, you know, I don't, I don't expect me to have an impact on, you know, on things happening in California, unless I have a personal relationship with someone in California that I can coach and mentor and push in a direction for them to actually do something and make a change there. Because I can't do it there. I'm not there. <clears throat> we think our word, we, we know our words have power, but we don't, we don't seem to choose to use them for good. We don't seem to use them to edify people um, who can actually take action and do things in their sphere of influence. 
So since it sounds like I'm losing my voice and I have to go preach in like, you know, in an hour, I'm going to stop talking um, so I can rest my throat since it's uh, very early in the morning. But I just want to challenge you, right? I want to challenge us to get away from counterstatements. I want to challenge us to get away from cancel culture. And I want to challenge you to actually advocate for what you stand for instead of always sharing what you stand against, right? Um, And then if you stand against something, at least clarify why, right? Educate people on why you disagree with a position. Educate people on why you disagree with a position. Because if your point of standing against something is that it's wrong fundamentally, morally, spiritually, then share the information. I shouldn't have to ask you 12 questions about why you disagree with something. So you put it out in public, at least clarify so people know where you stand. But like I always say, I hope that um, I hope that you continue to um, to be open to what I say. I appreciate you tuning in um, and sharing with us episode after episode, uh, week after week, when I consistently post week after week. Um, but more than anything, I just thank you um, for first of all continuing to join. I know some of you don't share my faith; you may not even share my um, share my views, but some of you do. Um, so again, I would you know my 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 views and my perspective is, is rooted in my identity, and my identity is found in Christ, not in my race, not in my education, not in my profession, not even in my platform. It's found in Christ. So I would ask that you give Christ a try um, and that you judge Christ by Christ, um, not by the Christians who claim to represent him. So check the red letters, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, even John. It's a great read. Um, And just and go from there. Right. Find a local church. Find some Christians that, you know, to connect with um, and and just, you know, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then I hope that you grow to know how to and understand how to love God um, and to put our and to put ourselves last um, and to put others first. Right. To humble ourselves and consider others more significant than ourselves is is what we should strive to achieve on a daily basis. Um, not just being right. Right. And making counter statements and canceling people we disagree with. That's not Christ-like. So I thank you for joining us. Um, I appreciate uh, your support. Uh, continue to visit us. Um, we've also got the Dear White Church podcast that you can check out. So if you go to RoyDockery.org, click on the podcast section, you'll find the Dear White Church podcast, as well as the Savage Truth. Um, any blog articles, uh, like I keep you know, promoting my wife, please check out the Submitted Life blog. She's got some amazing stories that she'll continue to share. And we thank you for supporting us, supporting our family, um, and continuing to share the uh, share the message, share the podcast, share the website, um, and just share the share the perspective. I hope it's um, challenging you to grow and develop your perspective, so that in your sphere of influence, in your community, in your family, in your life, um, you can push people towards a savage truth. Which means we have to be honest with ourselves and honest with others, even if sometimes it seems a bit uncivilized. So. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Pastor Roy from the Savage True Podcast. God bless you. And have a good day. <laughs> I guess it's time to. I mean, I guess it's time for me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> they thought I was sleeping. Let's go. Look, look, look. They keep the power in the pale hands of a few petty patriarchs that use politics as their new levy. But this Katrina of lyrics gonna expose deadly flaws in the design you created to keep these fools steady. 
distracted. Conspiracies constrict our actions. We argue, creating factions. They laughing and paper stacking. Depletion oppresses sources. These oil barons deploying soldiers for fortune. While we ignoring the daily torture. Oppressive police forces on video still exploiting. Charges get trumped up. We got charges against Trump. When a system is so corrupt that the president needs a pardon. Political Jordan sounds like battle rappers with targets. Christians divided. Morality in the middle. Mortality of our children. They dying, lacking fulfillment. Connect by Wi-Fi, still lonely so they cry and hide The pain inside behind filters and timelines, come on It's only gonna take a minute <laughs> They tried to rock me to sleep Promotes consumption, comparison, confrontation. Measured by broken standards, these scales on our eyes waiting for blessings. To cure this blindness, I see no progress, just agendas in new containers. Label who got next, I test the spirit. The ethos of modern ages, obsession, affections accumulating, but still we feel disconnected distractions. Our identity is still in fragments. We live in for social media, lacking in content. I meant contentment, recognition, don't make you visible. Captures, capture emotions you wish in some one would listen to. I'm on a mission to bring some publicity. Freedom I found in Christ makes me a statue of liberty. Stand in the face of enemies with an angelic infantry. See, I fear no evil because I know that God will strengthen me. Inside this black skin, trapped in a dark world, I use my story to aim at your hearts like an archer. Bang, bang, bang. Like a hybrid with different energy Spectrum between prosperity and American industry So little symmetry Cause Christ of the Bible would see strangers Who now identify as his disciples Devoid of his basic principles Love our neighbor too spiritual They born again, now they racism is just subliminal Evangelizing while claiming the color blindness But illustrations of Jesus with no color Cause we blind, huh? We want a savior to match our reflection because inside we take our destiny and our own directions. Then blame the devil for our failures and beg God for correction and give credit to karma or our third eye for successes. We are our own gods chasing idolatry created by the kingdoms we erect to fight the poverty. I mean the brokenness, star feeding on this hopelessness. We skip the hocus pocus but still end up with a potion of concoctions. Concocting plans for survival instead of looking the crosses. We crossing off sacrifice. And adding to our indulgence, it will never satisfy, but the enemy is the father of lies, so take the pie. I mean that slice of sedition, used as a wedge to keep us separated from heaven and sliding to hell. Tell me be quiet, and I yell prone to disobedience, but these fruits of the spirit got me eating peace and him. Wow, wow, wow.